The following is a workshop from the 2018 SDMI Leadership Conference in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thank you for listening. My name is Kaylin Vogelman, and the name of our workshop is Women's Ministry Rediscover Its Significance. So when they asked me to do this workshop, I got really excited because, again, I love to talk about women's ministry and the opportunity that we have as women to minister to women. That's what women's ministry is. It's just ministering to the women in our church. All the ministries in our church are so important, every one of them. So anything I say today, I hope that you will just grasp that we are specifically talking about women's ministry, but I feel strongly that every ministry in our church is important. So keep that in mind as we go. We're going to come on in. You can sit here or there. We can turn these chairs around. Oh, there are some more chairs there. We will discover the significance and passion for ministering to women in our community of faith and our neighborhoods, which I love everything that we've talked about in the last... I mean, it's right on where I am, and you're going to see some things in my PowerPoint that you've heard, where you can connect with, connect with what you've already heard. So because meeting together spurs us on to love and good works, we want to create meaningful fellowship that will help us maximize relationship with each other in Christ. I'm also going to tell you about the app that we have now for the Church of the Nazarene. I get to be on the council, I guess it's called, with Linda Harden, who's here. Excuse me. And Linda and the team, we met in January and we were brainstorming for women across the United States. And what can we do? How can we continue to be reaching women? How can we connect women to women across the denomination? We have so many great ideas and I know all of you, I would love to sit down with every one of you and hear what you're doing. I know some of you and I get to connect with some of you and hear about your ministries, but how can we connect women to women across the United States and Canada? That's the USA Canada region. And this is one way we came up with John Comstock gave us the opportunity to create this app. And so we have been working Linda has been working very hard to put devotions on there for you, scriptures come to you. I've been using the app since the spring. You can go. It's available to you. We'll talk about that afterwards. Today, it is set at 1045 if you have this app to get your first devotion. It comes to your phone, and it's been recorded, and you have the privilege of seeing the face behind the voice that you're going to be hearing on all of these devotionals that you'll hear. We have them set up. We're going to do two a week for right now, and and then in January, we'll, we'll reconvene and, and see if we want to do one a week or two a week to continue. So these are written um, in conjunction with one of the ladies on our team who is a pastor in San Bernardino, California, Susan Carroll, also Linda. They collaborated their thoughts and their the words of the Lord together. So these scriptures are wonderful. I get one every day, and it's amazing how it it's personalized to me because this the the link that we use with with the Bible, back to the Bible, back to the Bible. They ask you questions and you do a little survey and then it's like, wow, that was good today. And so I've heard from other women on my district. I am, I'm a, I'm a local women's ministry leader at my church, but I'm a district women's ministry leader. So I get to go across our district here in Cincinnati. I live here, I just live 20 minutes from here. And then now I get to be with these wealth of knowledge women on this council and I'm just so thankful for that opportunity. So. 
That's that. Well, I want to tell you that Eve, one of the very important characters from the very beginning of Scripture was Eve. And Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. Eve's name means life giver. And we talk about Eve all the time. And we refer to Eve since the time we were little as the one who did what? She was, it was the woman. She was the one. And we kind of go with that. But I have just this new appreciation and new awareness of Eve. Eve was life giver. Eve was the first woman in need of the ministry of reconciliation. The very first one. All women are. No matter where we go in the world, all women are in need of the ministry of reconciliation. And some of them meet men are ministered to and receive that as a child, and some not until they are much older. She was the first to exemplify the unique and complex way that women were created. And I just realized that my husband printed these wonderful things for you. So we must pass out all these. And I think I only have 15. Oh, dear Lord, I was I'm just so pleased that you're all here. And I will email you the PowerPoint if you don't get one of these. And there's other hands up here too. I'll get those out to you. So she was the very first woman to show that women are unique and complex. And God created them that way. That is not to be ashamed for being so unique and complex. I'm sure you've heard that before. Women are so complex. Maybe from somebody in a negative way, but it's not a negative way. The story of Eve and the very meaning of her name and her calling after sin entered was to bring about the one who will crush the serpent. That's what we are called to do as women. She brought about the one through her line many, many, many years later. And we still today, because he has his limited ability to roam the earth, we still daily need to crush the serpent. I daily need to crush and so this is what we as spirit-filled women are called to do. It's a God-given desire. God placed that into Eve, and she went to work multiplying, producing, trying to create those who would, who, who is it this one, Lord? Is it this one, Lord? Who will it be? We all together. So women strive to be part of the story of crushing the serpent, serpent from any further destruction in and around their lives. We might not be aware of that. I can see it in my eight-year-old daughter in her classroom when a friend is discouraged. Her teacher told me the other day, oh, Abby said, oh, don't worry about this test. My mom said it doesn't matter. That's why we're here at school to learn. She was crushing the serpent's ability to discourage her little friend in her third grade classroom. Yes, we are called to do that. And so we naturally try to do this. We, like Eve, can be life givers to those who feel crushed or unequipped to join the forces of those who can. So we pray, Lord, fill us. And those we have the privilege of serving and ministering to with the divine explosion of your power. That being my prayer at the beginning of this summer. God, give me a divine... I went through a time of... of just some discouraging things all last year. Oh, out of nowhere. And I thought, oh, I didn't even know I could be like this, feel like this, have this attitude. 
where is this coming from? Man, it's a good experience. I can relate now to other women better. I don't, I don't ever want anybody else to go through that, um, those things. But he helped me to, to have that divine. Peter said, uh, 1 Peter 1, 3, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through him, through our knowledge of him who has called us by his glory and goodness. He's given us everything we need. What's the number one reason why we say when we get an idea, we can't do it? He talked about it. It's my very first lesson when God, when Marshall did called and said, we should do this women's ministry for the district. Fear. Fear is a liar. Trust. I was sitting in Haiti, which is a whole other story. We could probably be here for a couple hours because I have so much to share. But, and I got, I was there for a women's conference. We were doing a women's conference. It was so exciting. I couldn't wait. And I'm just journaling. I'm looking out over the Caribbean Sea, over the poverty, at God's beautiful creation. And he said, you have trust issues. I said, I don't have trust issues. I have trust issues since the time I was a little girl. When I was three, my parents divorced. The church had to take us in. We moved in with the pastor in the basement of the parsonage. The church renovated and took in my mom and my brother and I and totally transformed our lives. Mm -hmm. The church rescued me. I know from whence cometh my help. I have trusted you my whole life. And then I went, I have trusted you. <laughs> and so that's what it was. And I turned to my friend Katie and I said, God, just tell me I have trusted you. And I confessed, I do. Okay, Lord, I will go. I will do this. And so we... As leaders, and you're probably here today because you're leading something. I'm also going to pass this around. So I want to know what you're leading. What are you doing? Why are you here? What are you, how are you serving? It's exciting to be with others who are serving. Or maybe you help those who are serving. And so we have the opportunity to empower women who desire to, if we can't do it by ourselves, and we can't, bring about those who will also cross the serpent. So how do we do that? We connect them to the one who can fill them with the power they need to do it. This is our district women's ministry theme and logo and God sent me resources. That's one of your prayers. You're going to have to start praying when you do ministry. Send me resources. I, can't, I do not know how to create a logo. I went to Haiti, met a girl from Arkansas. She's an app designer and she retired. She has been a godsend. She helped me create a website. She helped me create the logo. Deanna has had to mail her checks before because she's helped me with things. But that, that was my, God said, this was one of my verses, my favorite. Colossians 1.27, the secret truth, which is for all people, is that Christ lives in you. That's the secret to thriving. We don't have to just survive. And your women that you're ministering to often are trying to just survive one day at a time, one hour at a time, one breath at a time. They want to be so much the woman who's crushing the serpent to, to be out of their family's lives and their church and all that. So in his letter, Paul wrote to Titus and he said, he instructed him to teach older women older men and likewise to teach older women so that older women can teach younger women. Scripture instructs us to do this. If your church ever says, why do we need to do this women's ministry? Scripture instructs us. These, this is our answer. Scripture instructs us. The purpose of women's ministry is to deepen their walk with Jesus Christ. All right. 
Why is ministry specifically to women in our churches important? You have this, or I will send this to you. I won't have time to go through all this because I want us to get into the nitty-gritty practical stuff. Why is it important? I feel like we're rediscovering that today, even in what we've already heard. These excellent speakers. I just love who. How many Wednesday mornings do you get to sit and worship like that? <laughs> I just here I am in the middle of the week on a Wednesday morning at nine in the morning. Thank you, God. And so. We need, women need distinctive discipleship. Different from it. Remember I said, I'm not saying that this ministry is important, more important than any other ministry in the church. It's not all. I could give you a spill about the men and I could give you a spill about the women and the children and the senior adults, but let's just, women need distinctive discipleship just like the children do, just like the men do. We have the privilege of ministering to them as they're busy ministering to others. We create a ministry that is intentional, deliberate approach to female discipleship, and we help boost a necessary, healthy community. Women started the church in <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to the research guy at headquarters yesterday at lunch. And I, oh man, he's got all the stats. And I said, okay, tell me, where is women's ministry just the most um, empowering right now in the country? What, what would your numbers name? So well, I don't have any of those. Well, there's a project for us, right? But he said, I have heard that they are saying in Africa, the church was built on a thousand women. That's what the missionaries are saying. We are busy ministering to others. We need to be ministered to. Look in your church. Look who's ministering. But men cannot always minister to women in their distinct ways. They're not women. They can't. Your spouse can't. Your uncle can't. Your father can't. It's different. So we need these distinct discipleship things. We can inspire them and embolden them to use their gifts. When women are healthy in the church, it creates a healthy church atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Cheryl's got a great testimony about her church. See, I wish we had more sessions. She could share that. Talk to Cheryl sometime. Her women in her church were part of the initial, just the explosion of healing that happened, and it came from the women in her church because she brought them to a women's conference, right? It started there. She brought them to our Thrive event. We can inspire them with the truth of the gospel. This is important. I just recently discovered this truth. Why there are why we why should we have a conference? I mean, Lifeway's got a trillion of them all over the country. You can sit in your home. I can sit in my home the next couple days and watch a simulcast, a really good one, I'm sure. And truth that I trust. There are many. If you take to the websites, the that's the first thing we'll do. That's what your women are doing when they have a question. How do you handle blah, blah, blah? They're going to get information, good stuff. But not all information is correct information. And there are some very well-known women's ministry leaders in our country that have many, many followers who one I can think of in particular has come out in the last few years with 
belief system that is not in line with what our churches believe. And women don't even know. We're reading their books. We're reading. So we have opportunity to be the first ones to minister. We have opportunity. We can't stop that. I mean, there's your most powerful women's ministry leader has never stepped foot in your church. Because she's followed on Twitter. She's followed on Instagram. She's followed on Facebook. She's followed on we might not be able to combat that, but our app is one opportunity where we can start getting the scripture in their hands. What does the scripture say every day? What does the scripture say? So, all right. I love this idea. God said this to me. Women today want gatherings that help them build safe and authentic relationships with God and each other. We've got all kinds of great crafts that we can do, and we can go um, to a jewelry-making party, and we can go to card-making parties and all of that. But I believe women, and I'm in my 40s, but I've been part of women's ministry for actively for about 10 years. Um, the, I, when I'm raising my four kids, I've got four kids, 16, 15, 12, and 8, and so when I was raising them and I got to get out of my house, I didn't want to go make a card. I wanted to be fed. <laughs> Somebody feed me. That's why I don't want to volunteer for nursery on Sunday morning because like I, I just want to sit and drink it in. So they want, there, there is a time for all that and that's awesome stuff to do, but we cannot forget that they can get that all kinds of places. The church should be different from what we offer our women, I, I think, I feel. Because when they have opportunity to be filled, they spill. They begin spilling into the other areas of your church, other ministries. Set some women on fire. God will speak to them about their spiritual gifts. Maybe it's children. Now they're working in the children's ministry. And that ministry is fed. Set them on fire. Maybe they go to the teens. Maybe they come to you. I, I love it when somebody comes to me and says, God told me that I needed to ask you if you needed help. Yes. Thank you, God. Yes, I do. All right. Uh, Rondi Smith is, um, she's been on staff at Hermitage Church in the Nazarene. She's now the founder and director of Rest Stop Ministries. She was one of our speakers at Thrive. She has an article on holiness today, and I will show that to you later. It's also on your handouts. But this is what she said, and it's like, you, you know when you read a quote and you're like, oh, they said it better than I could. That's what I was thinking, but here it is. When women gather, they create a unique dynamic that enhances the overall impact of the local church ministry. We can harness that power by meeting their complex needs. They can release these women for, then we can release these women for effective ministry. Ministry to and through 21st century women must be fresh, relevant, and transformational. Mm -hmm. This is our Thrive event that we have on this district, which is open to everybody and anybody, and I have cards for you to take. It's $15. Anybody can come. Um, this is ministry that I get to be a part of in Haiti. This is ministry in Haiti, these women. It's a, a great concept, and I, I'm beginning, it's not through the Church of Nazarene, but I'm beginning to talk with some um, missionary leaders on our district, want to replicate this idea of doing women's conference somewhere in the world. I know Cindy has an incredible stop by Cindy's table. We'll talk about Cindy in a minute, but 
She's got a great ministry. We empower these ladies with the blue shirts or our hostesses, and we go there and we empower them, and we do this awesome bread-breaking thing one morning for our leaders. There's 75 Haitian leaders, that uh, women's ministry part there at that church, and we there are mentees, and we're a team all week. And then that night we go and we put on a conference for the entire community, and there's there are 350 women. That's all we can take. And so 350 women come for three days. And then our Haitian hostesses do the ministry to th that night after we've taught them. So we, I got down on my knees and I gave her a piece of bread, the bread of life. Mm -hmm. And I said, Mary Eves, he is the bread of life. Eat and you will never hunger and you will never thirst. I'm giving you the bread of she received that then that night they took their little group of 20 out of that conference of 350 and they went to their women from their community and showed the bread of life a piece of bread <coughs> maybe oh they get how valuable the bread of life is. they get that all right so this is our desires women's ministry leaders it's our mission to connect women to christ and each other and then unleash them as radiant and contagious spirit-filled women for ministering in our congregations our communities and around the world all right so i think you've got my passion the mission i believe in this because i experienced it myself my number one passion is to lead women in the study of his word so that they will know him more. The more they know him, the more they love him. And that love changes everything. There are times for conversations about how to live your life, but the very first thing, and God said to me, have a Bible study in your neighborhood. Oh, I wanted to do it, but I was afraid. Oh, no, they'll think I'm the Jesus freak on the street. Oh, great. You know, every time I'm at the pool, then they'll be like, oh, there's the Jesus lady. Well, I have become known as that. But every woman I asked said yes. Twelve women, y'all said yes. I was talking to my friend Janice, who was serving here last night, serving cupcakes, and I was telling her about this. She had a neighborhood Bible study. I always admired her. Oh, I want to be like that. I want to do that. And she was telling me a story. She said, one of my neighbor's mothers, very, very sick. She's dying with cancer. And I felt God prompted me to write her a letter. So I wrote her a letter, and I said, I need to tell you the truth of the gospel. It is important that you know this, and if this makes our relationship awkward, it is worth the cost. Okay, I have to have a Bible study in my neighborhood, even if it makes our relationships awkward. I didn't invite them to church. I didn't say, hey, we're having this program. I said, you can come over. I have Thursdays, I put Andy down for a nap, and I sent Robbie and Claire to get on the bus, and it was an amazing time, and I learned that I didn't have to talk about who to vote for. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to talk about blah, blah, blah. We just had to get in the Word. I experienced being in the Word that changed me, that the Word is what changed me. Because the more I learned, the more I loved Him, and then His love in me changed it all. So I could tell you more about that, but that was my experience. So. It's not up to you, that's the good part. It's not all up to you. We can boldly and enthusiastically accept the charge of doing our best, work at it with all of our hearts, we should, do our very best efforts, but it's not all up to them, up to us. He will fill them. We can't even fill them. 
and we have to let that go. That's hard. We get discouraged. Oh, only one person came. Only two people came. And get close to that one woman and praise God for her and empower her and let her speak into you. You know, we need that too. This is the article. I will let you find that, read that. It's from Holiness Today. It's on those. And again, if um, you want to write, yes, I want your PowerPoint presentation next to your name, then I will send this to you. These are for everyone. All right, so all of that, what's just that? All right, so you're going you're gonna to build your women's ministry on five Ps, and you're going to approach these generously. Prayer. Can't do anything without it. Pray for yourself. Pray for your ministry. Plan. Be well planned. Sit down. Take the time. Be well planned. Persist. You're going to come up against obstacles. The third thrive that I did, it was the first time I was bringing in like what I felt like was a, a speaker. And it wasn't just me volunteering and my pastor's wife volunteering. And, and um, that morning, Rondi called me from Nashville and said, I am snowed in. The whole state of Tennessee is shut down. You cannot get through Kentucky either. You are not permitted to be on the highway. She said, this has never happened to me. Of course. It's never happened to you, but it happens when you're coming to my event. Of course. Do you know, I mean, God had worked it all out. We had four sessions, and she was doing two of them. She was actually a part of a third one, too. But God worked it all out, and most women didn't even know. She was, and you know what she said to me? She said, dear sweet Caitlin, calm down. <laughs> before, what the very poor she started. I have been a part of events where it has happened to other speakers and I am certain that God is going to move and speak and work and he did so you can plan 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 you can persist persist I could have given up I, I mean I could have but I had been fasting and praying and it was like all right here we go and one of my friends said what we were getting ready to walk out for thrive to start we had prayed and she goes what your, your speaker's not coming? I said, no. And she looked at me like she knew she should look at me like, who are you? <laughs> this would usually rattle, but protect it. Just like you protect your children, clothe it, feed it, nourish it. Attacks are going to come. Nobody wants us to minister to women because they know what they are capable of if they are on mission. And please, make it pleasing. Pleasing to God, first of all. But just make it pleasing. Ask your women what their interests are. Start looking around at ways God is already blessing and already working. Get a fresh vision, right? Seek and set a vision for your ministry. Maybe come up with a name. Many of you, I wish we could hear all the visions and the names and the events and stuff that you guys have done. But um, this is a great website, Canva. I don't think it costs much at all. Maybe your church already has it. I had to do all of this on my own. I have my daughter, my teenage high school daughter, taught me how to use this. And I created this 
logo for our women's ministry. And let me tell you, I have like zero tech skills. So Canva, something that's eye-catching for them to every time they see it in the bulletin or when we're walking around the church or out in their community, they oh, that must be for women. I'm going to stop. You know, or inundated if they see it flying across their scrolling on their phone. Oh, wait, that must be for women. I'm going to stop. So build a team and prayerfully consider each year how you can add somebody to your team. You've got a team of women you work with. Sometimes other women feel like that's the team, and I'm not on that team, and they don't have opportunity to, to try something. And prayerfully consider, God, open my eyes to who I could invite. Um, don't be afraid of no. I, I, it doesn't bother me when people tell me no. I just figure either they're not ready or that's not who God had, or they will come around. But sometimes we don't ask because we're afraid of no. So don't be afraid of no. I want them to, if they don't want to be doing something, I don't want them doing it either. So I want them to say no. Choose a theme for your ministry that aligns with your my uh, my mission statement. You saw it. Come up with something. That's not. I that might not even be a correct mission statement. If you looked up how to write a mission statement, <laughs> that's just my heart. And so find out. Ask God. Show me what's in my heart, and then get your mission statement down in your mind and share it with your team or your vision, and then try all your events to align with that. Whatever you're doing. All right. So let's. Put our plans in motion. Now that we know why we need ministry to women specifically, put these plans in motion. First thing is to shoot for a reasonable number of gatherings every year. Sometimes we can overdo it or we can say, oh, man, we're going to do this. And then people are burned out and you know how that trickles out by the 10th session of whatever you're doing. Just shoot for something, a reasonable number. We do... Um, it's basically five. We don't do anything in the summertime, and maybe some groups do, but I'm really fun in the summer with my kids, and we're gone a lot. And We have done some self-defense class training stuff because they offered, these people offered to do it, and that was kind of fun in the summertime. But um, <coughs> we kick off in the fall, pull everybody back together. Here's our theme for the year. This is what we want to focus on. And then we... Um, do something around December, so not everybody does. I'm sure we scale it down and we just did a open house at my house for cookies and hot chocolate and um, they visited and, and they stamped, my daughter stamped a little necklace for them as they were going out the door award they wanted to remember for Christmas. Uh, just a time to fellowship. Um, then we have our women's conference in January, which is Thrive, and then we have a birthday bash in the spring. And then we have on Mother's Day at our church, we have an all-daughters brunch. We're all daughters. And so we all come together on Mother's Day and we have a brunch. This is, and again, I really apologize that you exceeded my expectations and you came. <laughs> so maybe if you're with someone you know, you could just take one. Again, I'll email all this to you if there's anything. But this is, there's a little flow chart there. And so the first one's blank, and that's just a flow chart. Keep my ideas organized. So here's my event name. Does that follow my mission? What scripture, even if you're not sharing a scripture, but what scripture does this might follow? And you'll see an example of an, the, my kickoff dinner that we're doing in December. Underneath, I filled in all that. So you'll see some of that. 
these events that I'm talking about right now are accents to your small groups or your Bible studies that might be going on. And maybe if you just need to get one's, uh, one's ministry started, just start with meeting together. And don't plan a lot. Just start it small. Just gather up. I don't like to call events or parties or whatever. I like to call them gatherings because we're two or three are gathered. He is there. Gathered in his name. That was our theme one year. Gathered in his name. All right, so when I'm thinking about my women's ministry events, and I am no expert at all, I'm just doing because Linda asked me to do this, and I love talking about this. So there are a lot of workshops that I should go to be taking. So these are just ideas. Take something away to chunk it and help it to create what works where you are because we're all in different areas and different churches and different size churches and whatnot. So these are four areas that I try to think about when I'm planning an event. Discipleship, inreach, outreach, and mission. And I need a team to help accomplish that. Outreach, discipleship, inreach, and mission. The, here's some teams. My team might be one person that does publicity, one person that focuses on inreach, one person that focuses on outreach, one person that focuses on a mission, uh, somebody that's good at decorating, somebody that's good at hospitality, just plant them by the door, wherever you are. Yes? Could you give me a definition of inreach? I'm going there. Yes, <laughs> I am. Thank you for asking. Perfect. This is the discipleship button. So discipleship, to me, would be the, going, the scripture, just the very clear opportunities for scripture, the main thing, his word, worship, Bible studies, accountability, one-on-one -on -one mentoring, um, retreats, conferences. Now, I'm in a belief that in a room like this, we can do some discipleship, but my conviction is that real discipleship is in a smaller atmosphere that I've experienced. <coughs> because it's hard for people to open up to one another in a large group, and they're all on different levels. I mean, I get so excited when somebody says Psalms or Ephesians. I mean, that just, yes! I wonder if it's like, jump up and hug them, but then I might freak them out even more. You know, eventually they're gonna find out that's not Job, it's Job. And so I don't mind that at all. It's actually, it makes me really excited. So that's the discipleship part. We, I have a lady in that she does most all of that organizing, offering. We have Bible studies at our church and over half the women aren't from our church because it's just become known as the church in the community that hosts the Bible studies. I love that. I love the Bible study that I started with the 12 ladies in my home that actually turned into eight because you know some say yes and they don't all come. Eventually we moved it to our church. I, I attended this church for 15 years and then God said go worship in your community which is West Chester versus North of here as my kids were growing up in the school and being in our community. And so they had Bible studies going on there for each other. <laughs> I didn't have to have my basement cleaned up or brownies cooking or whatever. We could just go show up there. Well, these women started inviting friends who started inviting friends who started inviting friends. And they, they were from all different churches. And then we would go to things together um, outside of that. So inreach. What would be inreach? The goal of this type of gathering, but it's not exclusive to, is to minister to the women already 
in your church. Every time you have an event, if you make it um, outreach style evangelism, it might not get to the heart of women who really need to go deeper. I've already found that. Yes, I get that. I know my attitude's bad. I know that's not how to live in Christ. I know I need to be better when I respond to my husband. So this would be more for women. We have the Thrive Gathering. Um, this was one of our themes, Gathering in His Name for the Year. So we had kickoff um, dinner for that. Those events would be more. I know that most of the people attending that are going to be women that are from my church who already know the Lord. But it's certainly not ever exclusive to that. So that's kind of it. I also have here for you a list of ideas of events. All right, and I'll pass this around. These ideas, and if we had time, and I would love to, go through and, and talk about how each one of these plugs into one of these areas. That would be a fun brainstorming, because I know with a group of women like this, we could just create the um, T-shirts and Tasty Treats night and talk about how we can make that an outreach night or how we can make that more of an in-reach night or how we can make that more of a mission or a discipleship night. So you can... But being mindful of my purpose helps all those ideas align. So we'll pass that around too. All right. Uh, the outreach, we kind of talked about that. So that's designed to help get women who aren't already <coughs> faithful attenders to your church or any other kind of connected and somewhat familiar with, I mean, I invited uh, my neighbor to Sunday school. She's now a believer. She, it's a great story. I stepped out on my porch and I saw her down the street and I felt like a string just was going like this. And my, I was barefoot and my four-year-old son at the time was barefoot and we just weren't down there and just moved in. Would you want to come to Bible study with me? Next night she was in my car driving all the way down here to Springdale, 25 minutes. We did a Beth Moore uh, patriarch study. Talk about jumping in with both feet. Yeah. You know what? She had told the Lord, because she was a new believer, she had told the Lord, when we move to Cincinnati, I will say yes to anything anyone asks me. Wow. And she said, I was scared of that. I didn't even know what that was. She's like, what is Sunday school? Why do they call it Sunday school? What do you do in a Sunday school? Well, she tells me all the time, when she, do you know that that year she became pregnant with twins and her mother died of breast cancer? She had the word of God hidden in her heart to face all of those things. And all I did was, I thought she's going to become a Jesus freak again. And so they don't always know, like, what do you do at a women's event? Well, some events are more outreach oriented to just adjust them to it. Jammies and junk food, I love this website. It's called Leading and Loving It. If you've ever heard of that, that's on, the, on my PowerPoint here too. But Leading and Loving It has... Um, opportunity for you to take they have the publicity paper they have the invitations they have the signups they have the games they have the icebreakers they have snacks you should have they have several they have a popcorn one they have a mission impossible night and we came jamie's and junk food we came in our jammies and everybody brought some junk food mm -hmm. it can be post bedtime parties after the kids have gone to sleep or after have gone to sleep or after you've had time to calm down after your day at work and then you're kind of refreshed and ready to go again mission so that's a whole nother topic that we don't have time for today but 
Mission doesn't have to be going to Haiti with me or going to Africa with Cindy. You can create bracelets. There are ministries that have kits in a box they send you. You work together to create bracelets to give to these women who are in getting out of sex trafficking. And the, the bracelets have symbolism to help remind them about it. You can do that right there at your event. You can pray over this. You can send them off. You can pack backpacks together. You can pray over the backpacks. You can send them off to the church that needs backpacks or the people in your community needs backpacks. So mission opportunities. Because when you serve together, you just get closer when you're on mission together. All right. So practical ideas for these discipleship, inreach, outreach, and mission. These are some things that I have that I use, and you probably have many of these too. We created the website that I told you about. My friend from Arkansas helped me create. That's WordPress. It's very user-friendly now that I know a little more about it. Um, this is actually a link, and I can pull that up, but we don't have time. So all of these are actually links in this PowerPoint. So if I do send you the PowerPoint electronically, I'm guessing they're going to be links for you too. We have for our church a... a Facebook page that is free I got off Facebook for a while and then I realized it was free, free publicity so I got right back on and I started the Thrive and started all this leading and loving it that was the one the jammies and junk food okay here's a cool thing that I found that our church just started you can have electronic signups for your events. Maybe you already do these Google Doc things, but it's so nice because I emailed all the women. We're having our kickoff dinner, dinner with the girls, September 29th. Click this link to sign up. And it tells me, do you need childcare? How many are coming? If they have dietary restrictions or blah, blah, blah. And it comes right to my inbox and I'm not running around church trying to collect the sign-up sheets or, you know, use your emails, use your electronic, they're free even. So I'm thankful I can pull that up and show you. She, the secretary at our church did it for me, but now I know how to do it. She put our logo on it. So again, as soon as they pull it up, they're going to see the logo up for the women's ministry. That's something to connect them to that. Again, the Canva website, it'll help you create a flyer. Um, all of that. <coughs> why retreat? We could spend a whole lot of time about why retreat. We need to get, if Jesus needed to get away, why do we think we don't? And a retreat doesn't have to be going to a retreat center on a Thrive event. Again, it costs $15. Some women do get hotels when they come. Some women just drive back home. It's a Friday, Saturday thing. Go see Cindy. Cindy has a retreat in October. Hear her ideas. This, when women come back from retreat, now God told me to have retreats about, so about 15 years ago when I was attending here, one night I couldn't sleep and God said, and why husband I led an adult Sunday school class? And we had a great fellowship that day, and I enjoyed talking to everybody, but it's always rushed. It's always, uh, and when you're at church, it's like, oh, gotta go, because I gotta be here, and I gotta, and I'm always the last one to pick up Abby in the children's department, and da, 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 you know, and you just feel like, oh, I, I don't want to be rushed. I don't want to have time. I don't want to be crunched for time. And so he said, have a retreat for the people in your class. So our retreats with these couples, it was amazing time in our lives. For seven years, we did this. 
it started revivals within our group that spread. Now there's like three other Sunday school classes that started off this Sunday school class, and um, they're still retreating. Even though we've gone on and we're now I'm doing these things, they're still retreating, and I'm still hearing stories. All of that because when I was a little girl at the Bethel Church of the Nazarene here in the Cincinnati area, the church who rescued me, they on Sunday nights, once a year, the young adults, the adults would come back from their retreats at Shawnee State Park and they would take the Sunday night service to give their testimonies of what God had done. And I remember as a little girl, the fire and the passion of these moms women and these church people had for being on retreat. I love to hear what God spoke to them about. And they were so excited when they came back. You could see it on their faces. And I noticed that even as a girl. And so when God said to retreat your people, I knew what he was talking about. And it was. It has been and it continues to be a great time. Use your own people. You don't have a budget. I didn't have a budget. And when Marshall said, hey, do you want to be the district women's ministry person? And he said, there's a budget. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> there's a budget now. I, I volunteered and I spoke. Uh, again, our pastor's wife spoke. A lady who does ministry in our city here in, in our district, she spoke. They were wonderful speakers. Women want to hear real stories. So that's another one of my points on your paper is that we cannot always bring, they just want to hear, and they tell me that. These are women from our community who God has told to start different ministries. Once, have you ever heard of Cinderella's Closet? It's based out here in Cincinnati. It's a wonderful thing. This woman is the director of Cinderella's Closet. So I said, hey, would you come and tell the story? Cinderella's Closet provides prom dresses to girls, jewelry, Shoes. I got to go be a part of some of these Cinderella closets. Um, they bus girls in from school districts, and you get to be their personal shopper. And you get to bring them. They set up these dressing rooms throughout in, the, in their church. It's really cool. This woman has a mission called Broken Bus, so we had her come. How did you, how did you get the idea for Broken Bus? And she shared her story, and she drove her broken bus right up in front of the church and had it parked out there so women could see what a broken bus looks like. We just use what resources we have. Join together with other churches. When we started our Thrive, I made sure I invited the churches around me who I knew did not have resources. They did not have a praise band. They did not have worship people. They did not have blah, 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 blah. We'll take them where they are. Get excited. Many of them are now doing their own retreats. Well, they'll still come and be a part of the district things, but because they got excited from what they experienced, again, when you experience it and you're filled, you spill. And you spill. And you spill. And then you get to the point where you, I mean, some of you, if I probably said, are any of you weary and about ready to give up and trying to get your women? <laughs> yes. Go somewhere yourself. When God said to have Thrive, I was sitting down here at the Vineyard at a women's conference with my Bible study girls ourselves the Bible babes and we were together they weren't from my church in my community 
And he said, you can do this in your community. And my first response was, I do not hear that. Plug my ears. And he gave me that passion and that desire. Do it in your community. Why? Because I sat there going, oh my goodness, I didn't even know how much I needed this. I needed to be refueled and refired so I could spill onto other people. So find opportunity for yourself to do that. All right, keep the main thing the main thing. In everything we do, Jesus, we don't, I'm not trying to disguise my event to look like anything else, but it's about Jesus. I'm not trying to trick you into falling in love with Jesus by, you know, coming and making this candle centerpiece. <laughs> no, the thing is about Jesus, and you get to take home a nice centerpiece or whatever you're doing. Keep the main thing the main thing. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us not give up meeting together. We have opportunity to worship together, to wash some Haitian feet. And when they turn around and they about five of you to wash your feet, let me do it. I had about eight ladies on just patting my head and my feet and taking their skirt and wiping my feet off. Beautiful. Women are unique. They would not have experienced that. There's a bunch of men sitting there and the freedom that they experience that. We need to design unique opportunities to minister to our women. And I know we don't always feel like we have the resources or the time or the energy pray. I can't tell you all other stories that how God has sent resources to me. All right, I know I'm past my time, Linda. No, just write that. You're good. Okay, we were eight minutes late getting out of there. (laughs) (laughs) So I did have it about town. Um, I am here all the rest of the time. Again, I love to share ideas. You see on this paper here, this chart. So this is just a sample of our event. You'll see something cool, a couple cool things that God gave me vision to do this year was to make that journal for us all to use this little thought, this believe journal as we go throughout our year, um, the believe theme. And each each month we're going to focus on something we need to believe. Did God really say? That's the first question asked to a woman in the Bible. Did God really say? That's what women are constantly asked. Did God really say you're chosen? Did God really say you're called? Did God really say you're capable? The very first question asked in the Bible. He gets us to doubt him and deceives us. So we're going to focus here here on believing we are who God says we are. Once we believe look out. You know, I heard a speaker say last year, I, I run on the treadmill and I watch YouTube speakers. And I get all excited. Sometimes I get an arm workout too because my arms are up here. <laughs> Praising. But, what? I mean, we're blessed. Scripture tells us. We're blessed and having new realms with every spiritual blessing. What if we act like it? Oh, that's okay. She just doesn't know I'm blessed. <laughs> 
going to respond differently. She doesn't like my women's ministry idea. She's not going to come because she disagrees with this. Don't worry, she's blessed, and so am I, and I'm going to stay on mission, disciple, in-reach on, outreach on, and provide opportunities for mission. I, I developed a YouTube playlist. Now that, I was pretty proud of myself, figuring that one out. It takes a lot of time, but... It's called Believe, and so I sent that to my ladies in the email, and there are all these songs this year that we all can be listening to and worshiping to that focus on this concept <coughs> of Believe. All right, now, before we go, I want to tell you about Cindy's book. This is really cool. She could do a whole workshop by herself. In the back of this book, The Woven Women's Story, it's really neat. She just told me this yesterday. We've connected because there's Women's Ministry Facebook page for us. She's the district women's ministry leader in South, South Central. South Central. They've renamed these districts here in Ohio. We have five <laughs> districts in Ohio. Um, and she has Bible study-ish. Do you call them Bible studies? Um, women's in the yeah. word gatherings. Yeah, small groups. Small groups, yes. <laughs> Life group, small group, journey group, whatever you call it. These, there are eight in the back here, I think. So she has this book, and she allows um, you to know every word you need to say and, and how you can communicate to the women in that group. She trains her leaders. They meet together once a month, and then her leaders go have their group in their home once a month, again, on their turf. My neighbor's more likely to stop in my house than my church if she's not comfortable in church. And so might not ever raise your church attendance, but we're not called to that. We're called to build the kingdom. Right? All right. Thank you. You all need to go to your next thing. Sorry for keeping you over. Is that your book? Actually, there's nobody in here for the next session, so if you want to, okay. if, they want, if they don't want to go, it's to stay. Great. All right. I will stay in here, and anybody who wants to stay or you want to mark on this. And I think, I don't know if my email's in that program or anything, Linda. Let me write that on the board here. It's my name, would be for my last name, and people always spell my name wrong, so if you're not getting a response, check and see if maybe you don't have it spelled right. I'm on Facebook. I'm on with the website, <coughs> thrivewomensministry.com. If you, PowerPoint, please PowerPoint. Okay. Whoever wants that PowerPoint sent, please mark that on here, and, and I will send it to you. I could just send it to everybody, but I don't want to log up and log up email you.